the Colts beat the Texans 31-20. to It comes at a cost. You have Anthony Richardson in the concussion protocol. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Guy ran for two touchdowns. I, I, I would rather he threw for two touchdowns. Three carries, 35 yards, two touchdowns. Six for 10 on the throwing, 56 yards. Bring in Gardner Minshew. 19 for 23, 171 yards, one touchdown. I would argue that Minshew is not serviceable. He's well above that. What gives Anthony Richardson the edge is, of course, the future and the mobility. But mobility when you're in concussion protocol in your second game is kind of a problem. You got to figure it's Minshew for at least, well, certainly it'll be Minshew next week. You, you got to believe that, and then it will be um, maybe Minshew for the game after. Next week, they're at the Ravens. The week after, they are home against the Rams. This is not a great part of the schedule. The first two games were the easy games. And they should have beaten the Jaguars. I'm glad they bu- they beat the Texans. The Jaguars, by the way, uh, lost as well. The Ravens, uh, they're just coming off of the win. Because I, didn't they beat Cincinnati yesterday? Yeah, they beat the Bengals 27 to 24. Yeah, see what happens when you give uh, uh, Burrow nine billion dollars. It's not all on him. He's still got the injury. He's working through it. I, I assume they'll be fine. Uh, my, I, I believe in Minshew. What, what you need is, is more running games. Zach Moss, 88 yards on 18 carries. It's not a bad day. The, the offensive line should feel good about that. Now, you got to have somebody who can, you know, also run the ball six times and pick up 22 yards. You got to have somebody who can spell them. I don't know if they have that yet. Uh, All I know is Jake Funk is activated. I'd like to see him. And then there's the story. Is her name Marin Morris or or Marin Morris? You're talking about the country artist? Yeah. I think it's it's Marin. Yeah, I think it is too. Um, She um, has decided she's leaving country music. Telling the Los Angeles Times that it's all Trump's fault. Quote, it just revealed who people really were and that they were proud to be misogynistic and racist and homophobic and transphobic. All these things were being celebrated and it was weirdly dovetailing with this hyper-masculine branch of country music. I call it butt rock. First of all, um, if butt rock is not a meme by the end of the day, we're all doing it wrong. Uh, secondly, by and third, calling things misogynistic and racist and homophobic and transphobic is just lazy and boring. You you feel this way? You believe these things? That, 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 that's fine. It's fine. You go right ahead, but you're 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 clearly not okay. And if you want to leave, uh, you leave. And everybody's life goes on. Um, Exactly uh, as as we thought it would. Stop thinking you're important. If I left radio, a couple would be like, "Oh, that's too bad." 
And then the next day, everyone will be like, did you listen to this guy on the radio? I can't believe whoever replaces me. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. By the way, the, uh, the country is not misogynistic. It's not racist. It's not homophobic. It's not transphobic. It's all just... It's all just such ridiculous trash as to be believed. Don't, don't, stop thinking that everybody hates you and that everybody's hateful. It's just not real. It's just not true. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Did you know there's a font that is just titled Fat? I don't know, there are nine billion fonts. You can you can write with, and this one's just called fat. I'm like that's just super lazy. Georgia Pro condensed. All right, somebody put some effort into that. Fat. Just no 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 creativity whatsoever. What's worse is I'm looking for a specific font. I don't know the name of it. I used it more than a decade ago on some coffee mugs. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC, good morning. Good to be with you. And I, I I was asked to create a just a bit of a explainer of something I'm I'm working on. As, as you know, you know how I often discuss uh, you know, uh investment opportunities or advertising opportunities now available. Well, somebody was like, Yeah, I want to know about the opportunity. So I I gotta I then all right, I'll write this thing up, but I've been looking for a font and I can't I can't find it, and so I went down the rabbit hole of looking at fonts, and um, there's a font called Fat. Uh, there's a font for everything under the sun. Just, I just want to make sure we're all clear about something. Nobody uses Comic Sans anymore. That's over. That's done with. We can, we can put this chapter of our, our lives to, to, to bed. It, it was a dark chapter. You'll never understand, millennials. You'll never get how ugly the Comic Sans chapter of life was you also never understand dial up from aol so honestly what the hell do you know the popcorn moment let's do the thing it's a story you need to hear to believe then grab your popcorn because there is more um these interviews that that Donald Trump did with Megyn Kelly and with uh, Kristen Welker of NBC, who has taken over for Meet the Press, I don't think does him any good whatsoever. I think it's going to create for him a problem, and the only way to know is to wait and see. And it's not the stuff regarding January 6th where Trump is saying all the things that he has always said, and it's unsurprising. I'm not going to tell you anything. I told... Let me put it this way. I behaved so well. I did such a good job. Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't do that. But and now Nancy I understand, Pelosi doesn't have I the understand that, that you the police testified against her. Listen to me, Kristen. Listen to me. I understand that the police testified against her, the chief very strongly against mm-hmm. her. Capitol Police, great people. They testified against her and they burned all the evidence. Okay, they burned all the evidence. They destroyed all the evidence about Nancy Pelosi. What do you say to people who wonder why you, you as Commander-in-Chief, you have authorities that Nancy Pelosi doesn't have as Commander-in-Chief. No, no, she has authority over the Why didn't you send help in that moment, though? Uh, Frankly, just so you understand, I assume that she took care of it. 
She turned down. So when you realized that, that the National Guard wasn't coming? Well, you, didn't, you don't realize anything until quite a while. National Guard not coming. I asked, I asked it to be there three days in advance. And she. I'm not surprised by Trump's statement on this. And he is correct that uh, while, ja- while the January 6th committee claims to have really looked into this, uh, Nancy Pelosi was never interviewed. They actually said you can't talk to her, and then evidence was destroyed ipso facto after the fact. And that, that is worth noting. But I don't know how much the argument helps him with new voters. This is a rehash for already existing voters. This hurts. Can a man become a woman? Um, in my opinion, you have a man, you have a woman. I, I, I think, I think part of it is birth. Can the man give birth? No, no. Although they'll come up with some. The answer is no. Can a man become a woman? No. You need any time to think about it. You need any thought to hedge your bet. That is super weird. That is super Super weird. And not only do you have have this, but you have his commentary on abortion. And his commentary on abortion regarding, I don't like these six-week bans. I don't like this, that, or the other. Tell me how this works out. Tell me how this works out with evangelical voters in Iowa. You just said you're not in favor of bans on abortion. Now, if you say to me, well, he's trying to get the independent voter, eh, maybe. But this isn't the way you do it. You get the independent voter on the economy and you make the statement regarding abortion that you leave it up to the states. Take it out of the federal conversation altogether. I don't believe there should be any federal legislation regarding abortion because I so much discussed the idea that Roe v. Wade was a usurpation of states' rights. The argument for the ban, and it wouldn't be six-week, Florida six-week, it would be 15-week, is a conversation about trying to limit the damage done by states like California and Minnesota, which uh, clearly, if they could get away with infanticide, they would do it. They would do it. I want, but that is to say that the states shouldn't have certain rights. I get their argument, and it is indeed the pro-life argument. It is not my argument. I believe America's argument is they want legal abortion, they want a time limit, and they don't want it used recreationally. (sighs) There you go, Tony. And that's your Joe Biden moment. Uh, They don't want it for recreational purposes. They don't want abortion to be willy-nilly. That's where I think America is. Again, I leave it as a states' rights issue. But 
you're going to come out against these things so you can utilize it as a way of attacking Ron DeSantis? And then, and then you say this. No, just so you understand, when DeSantis says that, that means he's not your man. He's not your man anyway because he's a very untalented guy, and he's proven that. He started out, everybody was talking to him. After I worked him over a little bit, he's gone down the tubes. I, I don't think he's going to end up being number three or four. He just had a poll today. He was number four. And by the way, the one that was number two was 59 points behind. So, you know, it's very interesting. But when somebody says eight years, we need eight years, no. In six months to a year, many of the problems, almost all of the problems that you and I have just spoken about will be solved. Anybody that says they need eight years, you don't want that person. Then, then, then why, are you, why are you running again? If you don't need eight years, why are you running? It's the easy one. He put it out there. What are you yelling at me for? Stop yelling at me. He put it out there. Oh. The interview with Welker on NBC, the interview with Megyn Kelly, I think it's going to haunt. I think he's done his opponent some incredible good here. We'll see if they can capitalize, but good Lord. This was these not his best moments, kids. Ooh. It's a perfectly Harvard thing to do. Harvard student newspaper, uh, that would be the Harvard Crimson, saying that Harvard University is now racist. Somehow it wasn't before, but it is now. Why? Because their new essay question is, uh, has a 200-word limit. You know, you write an essay for your to, to get into college. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. I don't recall doing such a thing, but I, I guess I did. You, you write an essay. Look at me. Here's Here, here are my hardships. Look at me. Here's my whatever. Let's, let's see this kid's character. <laughs> you mean let's see this kid's checkbook. You don't care about character. And, and you write the, 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 the essay. Well, Harvard has decided that the limit is 200 words. 200 words. So last week in an editorial, the Harvard Crimson said that the new short essay questions seemingly cater to those from highly privileged backgrounds. Um, I, oh, I got to play the music. I got, all right. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're, you're probably right. I should, I should, I should play the, I should play the music. All right, here, I'll, I'll play it. I'll play it. Our foremost concern, how can students reasonably condense discussions about formative life experiences and their identities into 200 words or less? So that's what the essay has to be about? So the issue is, is that in 200 words or less, you won't be able to effectively tell the admissions board why they should admit you to the school because you're this color or this orientation or this, this or that. No, right? That, that That's not good enough. 
You need to have time to explain to the board why they're supposed to pick you over some uh, some some rich kid or some white kid or uh, some Asian kid, right? No, you, you've had enough of them at the university as well, too. Uh, that's Harvard, baby. That, don't look at me. That's Harvard's thing. Um, I don't, I don't know. All I know is uh, it seems that students these days have a lot to complain about and not enough people tell them to shut up. You're 18 and you don't know anything. Yeah, you're an adult, and thus I can say to you, shut up. I'm not a guy who uses a shut up. I'm not, I, I, I don't think that helps a conversation at all. But I'm not trying to have a conversation with these people. I want them to shut up. Stop walking into a college and on day two thinking you know everything and how the teachers should change what they do. These professors don't have to change what they do. You have to change. The university doesn't have to change what they do to cater to you. You have to change. You came here to learn. Well, let's start with the fact that you don't know anything. You're adult. Start with that. Take some time to learn the place. Take some time to get some knowledge. Then, once you have some knowledge, once you've learned a little bit of history, once you've learned possibly why they do what they do, then you can discuss, hey, maybe there's a better way to do these things. But at 18, you think you know? You don't know, you insulting fool. And can we discuss the bigotry when uh, people who are 18 and 19 are like, they don't know and they're pointing to somebody who's in their 50s and 60s? You don't have any idea. You don't know. You're... What kind of what kind of ageism is this? See uh, see what we're doing? We got to start using their rules against them to get them to shut up, which is very necessary. I'm not saying you can't have an opinion. I wouldn't stop you from having an opinion. By the way, I don't think I could stop you from having an opinion. But it's racist to have a 200-word essay? All right. 7,000-word essays. What? I want to be as unracist as possible. 42,000 word essays. Why am I putting limits on this? 842,000. I need War and Peace and then War and Peace Part 2 Electric Boogaloo. That's what you must write to get into college. Good on you. I'm glad, I'm glad you were able to identify this serious issue. We're able to work this out. Joe Hogsett's getting a divorce, and within, there is a story. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. I made mention earlier of a story that has gone public and certainly was known for a few days before local news talked about it. Stephanie Hogsett, the wife of Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett, has filed for divorce. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC, good morning. And there are people who will tell a joke, right? There, there, there's an immediate joke that will come after this for, for, for many. Um, I'm not saying that, I, I'm, not, I'm not measuring that stuff. I'm not, I'm not rating that kind of stuff. I, I knew that after I'd heard the story and I knew it would come out, I'm like, all right, that's what's going on. I'm Leave it be. I don't get involved in people's personal lives. But then Joe Hogsett made a statement. 
as reported by Wish TV. After many years of partnership, Steph and I, this is his, him saying it, this is Mayor Hogsett saying it. After many years of partnership, Steph and I have begun the process of divorce. Like so many families in Indianapolis, the last few years have been trying in ways that neither of us could have imagined. And the demands of life in public service have been felt not only by Steph and me, but by every member of our family. Our focus will remain on supporting our three children, and for their sake, we would simply request privacy and respect during these extraordinarily difficult times. I read that statement and said, oh, I don't comment on people getting divorced. I have never commented on the marriage of Bill and Hillary Clinton. It's their marriage. It's none of my business. I don't care. I care that Bill Clinton, while on my time as president, was fooling around in the Oval because that meant he wasn't doing the work I needed to be done. I have really very little to say about the whole Lauren Boebert in the uh, in the movie theater insanity, except there's a story there that I'll get to on Tony Katz today at noon. I wasn't going to say anything about Joe Hogsett's divorce, his wife filing for divorce, until this statement. Because this statement is about the problem that we have in our society. The last few years have been trying in ways that neither of us could have imagined, writes Joe Hogsett. And the demands of life and public service have been felt not only by Steph and me, but by every member of our family. Why are you running for a third term? This is your family. This is your home. If the demands were too great that it would destroy your marriage, why is that worth it to you? Being mayor is more important than your marriage and your children. Now, before you yell at me, I want you to read the statement again. That's what he's saying. I'm asking why. You want to come at me? You better come heavy. This is what Joe Hogsett just told Indianapolis, just told Marion County, that power that a third term is more important than his family. And I want to know why. I cannot comprehend this. I cannot rationalize this. And I think it's important that everybody in Indianapolis and in Marion County know this. The idea of public service should not be something that we immediately dismiss. There are people out there who want to serve. Sure, they may want to be called the title. Sure, they may want the good parking spot. But let's not think that they're just absolutely craven from beginning to end. I don't buy into that crap, and you shouldn't either. It's cheap. There are people out there who actually want to serve and do some good. From both sides of the aisle, and I say good. They want it so badly that they sacrifice their family. I'm sorry, I don't know what to do with that information. I don't. I don't know what to do. I would say, well, that you know, there's the press that's always beating up on a candidate. 
This press corps, this Indianapolis press corps, they won't even discuss where Joe Hogsett was for two nights of riots. They don't beat up on Stephanie Hogsett. They don't beat up on Joe Hogsett. What the hell are you talking about? Joe Hogsett's statement says power before family. And I don't get it. But I think voters should know it. And aside from just a follow-up on Tony Katz today, that's most probably for me the last time I'm going to discuss it.